In this episode of Fictional Hangover, we talk about not trusting magically appearing grilled cheese sandwiches, accessorizing crows, a very haunted, spooky, skull-shaped house, and our new phrase, nah, fox, in our discussion of Unfamiliar, Volume 2, by Haley Newsom. Nah, fox. Hey everybody, (laughs) welcome to Fictional Hangover, a podcast about young adult and new adult and sometimes other books, series, authors, voice actors, and illustrators that is full of spoilers. I'm Amanda. Are you sure? I don't know what's happening right now. I'm Claire. I'm definitely positive on that one. And today we're going to discuss Unfamiliar Volume 2 by Hayley Newsom. Standard Disclaimer. If you haven't read this book, please remember that Fictional Hangover is all about spoilers. If you haven't read and don't want to be spoiled, stop listening to us and go read the book. Then come back. If you haven't done this but want to pretend that you have, or if you don't care about spoilers, or if you just like the show so much that you don't care about any of that, then listen up. Yay. And Unfamiliar Volume 2 has only just come out. This is really recent. I know. Normally we don't do that, but we gave it, what, how long? A month? If that, because I, in US terms, yeah, my my pre-order copy is not coming until the back end of next week. Oh no! But it technically should be in time for the episodes. So we'll see. We'll see. Thank goodness for libraries. Indeed. Thank goodness for libraries for more reasons than just that one. Also because it's my job. That's going to be my initial thought as well. Oh, thank goodness for libraries. Yes. Mine is (laughs) just just skip ahead to that. (laughs) Good. Yeah, mine has is just in that I've been ready for this one since we read the first one, and it's probably a good thing that we skipped over background info and went straight to initial thoughts because I scoured the internet for any sort of any interview or anything about this book and I just kept getting a lot of like oh my god we should cancel Lavender Town and I didn't want to read it anymore because I like Haley Newsome she's very talented and I don't want to read about people canceling her so we're just gonna skip right over that stand stupid people they don't deserve my time no they don't so Let's just skip over that. Let's just skip over that and go right to the summary. What? Yes. This is the shortest introduction ever. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right. Sun is taking pictures of Babs at her quirky witch hat shaped house. And Babs is really good at this modeling crap. Sun, meanwhile, can barely stand to look at herself in the mirror. Babs is doing the photo shoot so Sun can sell the pictures to help pay for treatment, which will lift her eyeball on her head curse, and it will also mean that she doesn't have to work literally one million jobs. Please see episode one of this series for all the details about her (laughs) millions of jobs. Photo shoot complete. They're off to sell them at the fairy council, who use beautiful things as currency. Sun is wary because she knows fairies are dangerous, but Babs reassures her that so long as they're not a bucket of unspoiled milk or a baby, they'll be fine. (laughs) Anywho, they're at the gate. (laughs) Together, Babs and Sun are transported to fairy, and it's beautiful and filled with diverse creatures, one of whom may or may not be carrying a basket full of stolen babies. (laughs) It's like my favourite panel. I love that panel. I, 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 I lolled and ruffled, as the kids would say. Do they say that? I don't know. I'm, I'm an <laughs> elder millennial. I don't know these things. When they get to the fairy market, a tall, thin stranger with a fox head wearing... Well, he is a fox, but it's mainly like he's bipedal and the fox's head is very transparent. Like it's Yeah, it's, he, he's very interesting looking. Yes, he's definitely um, aristocratic. Yes. Also, he's wearing a tiny little crown. <laughs> he's the fairy lord. So, anyhow, he offers to buy all the pictures and hands over a big pile of cash. Kerching. 
the fairy lord then tries to trap Babs by offering her food, which is a huge no-no. We all know you do not accept food Mm -hmm. from the fair. No, do not do that. Babs turns him down and Sun insists they are leaving. The fairy lord ups the ante and offers to clear Sun's nasty curse if she leaves Babs with him. Nah, dog. Really, it should be Nah Fox. Nah Fox. Nah Fox. Nah Fox. Sun takes Babs's hand and they go back to the gate. Babs is stunned that Sun didn't take the fairy lord's offer to lift her curse and is convinced her siren powers are what is making Sun like her. Uh, they're not. That is 100% wrong. Sun doesn't believe her curse is worth anyone's life. And besides, Babs is spending all her time helping her. They both know what it's like to hate themselves and feel unlovable. And so, they share a hug. When Sun pulls away, Babs gasps. Sun's curse is gone. She has two eyes. And they're in the regular eyeball place. Whoa. What? Meanwhile, Pinion is trying to get her flying magic to engage. It's in her blood. She should be able to leave her house by flying. Unfortunately, it doesn't work. But she'll get it next time. We have faith in you, Pinion. Pinion makes her way on foot to Planchet's very haunted, spooky, school-shaped house with a basket of eggs for her friend. Planchet is delighted by the gift. Being a kitchen witch, Planchet can do Ovomancy and pulls out a tray to crack a couple of eggs into. One egg is perfectly normal and means a companion or friend. The second one, however, Planchet doesn't say what it means, but the fact that she has a shaken look on her face, the yolk looks like a skull, and that she instantly makes some friend protection for Tata says a lot. <laughs> Meanwhile, a ghost crawls out of the mirror behind her. It is a very haunted, skull-shaped house. In the woods, Sun isn't sure how to feel now that her curse is lifted and has her hood pulled up, hiding herself. Was that all she needed to do to break the curse? Like, stop hating herself? That's hard Suddenly, to do. Oh, that's hard that's, to do. That is an epic, impossible quest. Suddenly, Babs gets an SOS text from Planchette, so they head to her very haunted school-shaped house, only to find Planchette and Pinion cowering on Planchette's bed, confronted by a crying ghost bride they can't understand. <laughs> the ghost bride sees Babs and possesses her and tells them she can't speak in her spectral form. Sun points out that she could have easily used a Ouija board. <laughs> the ghost bride explains she wants her lost wedding planner back. She tells them it's in the woods and that she'll leave Babs with the memory of exactly where it is before leaving Babs's body. Guess you know what they're doing tomorrow. Yay! Plans! The next morning, Pinion has packed camping gear and Planchette has packed a month's worth of snacks. So the foursome set out to the deep forest. Babs with a new hairstyle, flies on a flower broom. Sun is on a bush broom. Blanchette is on a traditional witch broom, and Pinion is being carried by birds. <laughs> I love all of this. Oh, also, um, we just need to ignore the fact that there's a warning sign that says the deep forest is profoundly evil and only for experienced magic users. It's fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It's not long into their trip when Planchette suggests they stop for a picnic. And as they're setting up, Sun is forced to reveal her new old face and that she's not exactly sure how the curse was lifted. Meanwhile, everything Babs is trying to eat decays. Planchette thinks it's her and that she's the worst kitchen witch ever. But it's only the food that Babs tries to eat that's going bad <gasps> she must be cursed <gasps> gasp it's a curse flashback time sun remembers when she was being tutored and was taught that a witch must protect in order to avoid becoming a victim of a curse their full name their body like hair and stuff 
and images of themselves, like photographs. Huh. Oops. <laughs> Back to the deep forest. While Babs is being her usual positive self and is sure it's something serious, Sun is sure that the fairy lord has something to do with this curse. Packing their picnic up, they continue on their mission until nightfall when the group sets up camp. The wedding planner isn't too far away, so they should find it in the morning. As Planchette throws a chili pepper on the fire for warmth, which is adorable and precious, Babs' stomach gives a huge growl. They try feeding her, thinking, you know, that it's, like, Babs handling the food that may be the cause of it going bad, but that doesn't work. Oh. Planchet and Pinion sleep soundly while Sun and Babs lie awake. Babs is too hungry to sleep and keeps thinking about grilled cheese. Sam, <laughs> Babs. <laughs> I love that panel, and I knew that you would, too. <laughs> This surprises Sun, who figured Babs would want girly food like macarons. I mean, they're nice and all, but it's no grilled cheese. No, no. Sun's first impressions of Babs weren't nice, and they were born out of jealousy. She felt like a monster compared to her, and believed all the rumours, and thought Babs would be conceited. But really, Sun likes Babs a lot. A lot. Suddenly, a grilled cheese sandwich appears. Yes. With a letter. I don't think we should trust that grilled cheese. But it's grilled cheese. We can trust a magically appearing grilled cheese sandwich. That's that's true. Don't trust magically appearing grilled cheese sandwiches. Well, Babs is excited to see it. And she can actually touch this food. Sun, meanwhile, opens the letter. It's from the fairy lord. And it's in a fairy circle made from mushrooms. So Sun tells Babs she can't eat it. She sends her to bed, promising she'll figure something out. I'll get you that grilled cheese sandwich. Oh my god. While Babs sleeps, Sun goes back to Fairy to confront the Fairy Lord. She throws all the money the Lord gave them for Babs' photographs and demands the pictures back. The Lord wants all the payment back, including Sun's face. (gasps) Sun is destroyed. She didn't know why the curse had lifted, but she had hope. The Lord is a generous fae and will leave Sun curse-free if she brings Babs to him. Uh, nah, Fox. Nah, not gonna happen. Sun refuses. The Lord sees how it is. Sun is in love with her. The fairy lord puts his hand over Sun's face and throws Babs' pictures at her as she kneels on the ground, crying. Oh. Nah, Fox. Nah, Fox. Nah. Back in the deep forest, Planchette, Pinion, and Babs are all enjoying breakfast. Babs is so relieved to be cured. When they check on Sun and see she's gone, they find a note saying she had to head off to her job at the Hex Mart. The three of them finish the mission and find the lost wedding planner. By a floating lake, Babs digs into the ground and locates the wedding planner, thanks to the ghost bride's memories in her head. Taking a quick flick through, Babs notes a creepy tall figure behind the bride and groom in one picture. Together, they hurry out of the deep forest, Planchette and Pinion to the very haunted skull-shaped house, Babs to visit Sun at the Hexmart. Winston, Planchette's familiar, comes running into her arms, screaming that she left him there to die! (laughs) I love Winston. (laughs) Ignoring his dramatics, Planchette pulls out her Ouija board so the ghost bride can communicate. The ghost bride appears, holds her wedding planner close as she uses the Ouija board to thank them for finding it, and asks if they can do one more teeny tiny thing, uh, you know, to help her find that final piece. Grant her the wedding she had planned. Uh, Okay, Planchette will make the cake. You know, is 20 layers going to be enough? (laughs) Yeah, Planchette, I think it really is. Over the top. (laughs) At the Hex Mart, Babs finds that Sun didn't turn up for her shift from the Birdmast manager. At the cafe, the Mary Lloyd-looking manager reports the same, as do the two other places Sun works. The last one saw Sun walking home, though. 
Thankfully, Babs has Marlo, her one-eyed cat familiar, with her to give her courage, as Sun's house is imposing. Babs knocks and Sun's mom answers. She's tall and thin with her arms crossed. Think Morticia Adams, but with a witch's hat, sad, tired eyes, and, spoiler alert, a not very positive attitude towards her offspring. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Babs is invited in and directed to Sun's room while being offered some backward compliments about her being a siren and her father's incarceration and how she wishes Sun would dress so cute. <sighs> Babs defends her friend before continuing up the stairs only for Sun to tell her to go away. Inside her room, Sun is surrounded by the twisted vines of her misery. Her curse is back. Those panels are so sad. Most of Sun's panels, when she's thinking about her appearance, are just full of these horrible, black, twisted, curly... It's just like her little face is anxiety. scribbled out. Uh-huh. Ugh. And it's so relatable and so sad. Yeah. Back at the very haunted skull-shaped house, Pinion can't help but feel they're forgetting something. Hmm. Babs starts to leave Sun's house, but Sun's terrible mocking mother gives her the determination to turn around and go back to Sun and fight her way through the twisted misery surrounding Sun that seems to grow thicker and thicker. Babs refuses to leave her alone and isn't disgusted by Sun's appearance. The only way Babs can show how she really feels about Sun is to kiss her. And we all cheer! Yay! <laughs> The kiss! Planchette screams. They forgot the kiss! They don't have a groom for the wedding! The ghost bride tells them that her marriage was arranged and that it was the wedding itself that she had dreamed about and planned. Well, it's going to be perfect. Who needs a groom anyway? Pinion asks Ari, her bird familiar, to deliver the invites and he's on it, including delivering to Babs and Sons mid-kiss. The wedding is in one hour, so yeah, they'd best get ready. Babs heads home, and while hugging a pillow, tells Marlo it was her first kiss with someone she actually likes. Sun, meanwhile, checks witchy how. Do sirens kiss people out of pity? And is given a resounding no in response. Both Babs and Sun take care getting dressed for the wedding. Unfortunately for Sun, she has to walk past her horrible mother who gives her unsolicited nasty comments about her outfit, which is actually very cute. It's a tiny black dress with frilly white collar and pink ribbons, and it's adorable. She looks spot on. Yeah. The wedding is taking place at Planchette's very haunted school-shaped house. The ghost twins, Dottie and Lottie, are the flower girls. The witch doctor is in attendance with his wife, Camille, who has offered to play the music. Even Detective Alice has come, though she's lost a finger after doing a little necromancy because, you know, death always takes his fee. Luckily, the witch doctor is there to tend the wound. Approaching the very haunted school-shaped house, Babs and Sun see each other looking amazing and walking together, arms linked. And Sun, oh, she's trembling, bless her. She's so precious. The wedding commences and the ghost bride walks down the aisle while Camille plays the flute. Unfortunately, it's interrupted by the fairy lord, who Pinion whispers to Planchette is in fact the fairy king. Whoa. Sun snaps at the fairy king, demanding to know what he wants. He has only come to beg Babs for forgiveness and take her by the hand and asks if she accepts his request to reconcile. Babs, being a nice person, says, I do. When the fairy king removes his hands from Babs, there's a ring on her finger, and he declares a real wedding has taken place. Nah, Fox. Nah, Fox. Nah, Fox. <laughs> nah, Fox. That is not how this works. Nah. Babs is upset she's been tricked, and Sun is furious and calls the fairy king out. The guests start to whisper, they should do something, but it's the fairy king. Alice points out they need a fairy circle. 
planchette throws mushroom puffs at the king and they form a mushroom circle around him. Then poof, he's gone and they can get back to the celebration at hand. Finally, the ghost bride reaches the end of the aisle and with happy tears she tells him thank you before moving on. Alice tells Planchette she was very brave to stand up to the fairy king, but this should consider witness protection. Ah, uh, yeah. After the wedding, Sun and Babs go to the witch doctor's office to get the ring removed. Luckily, he's able to pop it off, gives Babs a lollipop, and lets her know she should not be cursed. However, he warns that the king will be a thorn in their side. As they leave, the witch doctor informs Sun she's overdue for her annual physical. Dang it! Babs just waits outside. Back at the very haunted school-shaped house, Planchette is tidying up after the festivities and notices a lot of tissues. Dottie and Lottie tell her there is a new ghost. Winston demands action, claiming they can't unhaunt the house if they keep getting refills. (laughs) Planchette plans on making tea and talking to the new ghost. As they chat, the ghost not knowing anything about the hows and whys, Alice bursts through the door. She's made a breakthrough on Lucy's case and she needs to interview the ghosts of the very haunted school-shaped house. Back at the witch doctor's office, Babs is still waiting when Camille comes in. She needs more medicine as she gets sick so often. In fact, it's how she and the witch doctor met and fell in love. Ever since, he's been pulling Camille from the brink of death. Camille breaks down and runs upstairs, crying. Alice shows Planchet her murder board and the connections she's made. I love a murder board. You do love a murder board. The ghosts of the very haunted school-shaped house are likely the victims of the same culprit. Every 20 years, three new ghosts manifest because someone is stealing lives and has been doing so for more than 100 years. It must be the Fairy King! <gasps> Gasp! Alice wants Planchette to come with her to Fairy and extract a confession. Winston is very opposed to this plan because she's only a kitchen witch, but Planchette needs to help. Grabbing some portobellos, they head out to fight crime and make a murderer pay. Babs is still waiting for Sun's physical to end. She spots something in a magazine, an eyeball pendant that Lucy, Alice's dead best friend, was wearing when she was killed. Babs takes the pendant and knocks on the witch doctor's door before opening it. She's shocked by what she sees. Alice, meanwhile, is confronting the fairy king, but he only admits to a bit of kidnapping, not murder. Ugh. Like, how could you even suggest such a thing? All his victims are alive and thriving and ringing up quite a cake bill. (laughs) Well, shoot. If it's not the Fairy King, who could it be? The Witch Doctor! He has Sun unconscious on the table with a mask over her mouth and nose. It would be cruel to kill her when she's awake, after all. Babs tries to get to Sun, but the world turns fuzzy and she realises there was something in her lollipop. The Witch Doctor explains he's doing this to save the love of his life, Camille. He would do anything for her. If Camille's life was running out, he would get her more, again and again and again. Babs understands he is doing this for love, but what about the one she loves? She reaches for Sun's hand. They deserve a chance to be happy, too. Alice kicks the witch doctor's door in and walks in with Planchette. Alice is angry that she never saw it before. It could only have been the witch doctor, and you better believe she's called an authority for help. Death. (gasps) With a poof, a dog holding a scythe in his mouth appears. With a lisp, death accuses the witch doctor of the crime of violating the laws of nature. (laughs) Violating the laws of nature. (laughs) The witch doctor begs for Camille to be left alone, but Camille has come down to the office too and tells her husband that this isn't what she wanted. But she still let it keep happening! Come Mm -hmm. on, Camille! Mm -hmm. But now it's time that they both go. With a swipe of his scythe, Death takes Camille and the witch doctor. And he's tiny and a precious little doggo, and everything about him is fantastic. 
He's such a good doggo. Unfortunately for the witch doctor, it appears he has unfinished business and his ghost remains while Camille has moved on. Perhaps he needs to make amends. Planchette suggests he help with the ghosts at the very haunted school-shaped house since, you know, he made them. Two months later, Babs is helping Sun move out of her mom's house. With a bitter parting of, you'll be back, you're nothing without me. Sun leaves. Yeah, nah. As she looks at Babs, she knows she's pretty good, even if their new place may have a ghost problem. <laughs> Everywhere has a ghost problem. Everywhere has a ghost problem. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's so cute and precious. I want volume three, but volume two has just come out, so now we have to wait. I know. Why do we do this to ourselves? <sighs> Waiting is the worst. <sighs> well, now everybody listening has to wait. But only for like 30 seconds while we share this promo from another show. That was very kind. This is the Novel Universe with your hostesses, Dawn and Ashley. We rate and review the newest and most buzzworthy books. We are true book club ladies that don't always agree, but we do enjoy a good book discussion. You can find the Novel Universe on Apple, Spotify, and Google, where we post new episodes twice a month. I'm Dawn, the criticizer of books. And I'm Ashley, the fantasy architect. So grab your favorite beverage and join our universe. <sighs> I love this book. I love the series. Yeah, it's precious. It is. It's very precious. But also creepy at the same time. Yes. So, like, I love it. All the emotions came out in this one. <sighs> oh, poor son. Poor son. Her mom is the worst. Oh my god, I hate her. She's the worst. Yeah, instead of instead of favorite character, can we do least favorite character this time? Ugh. Yeah. Son's mom. One hundred percent worst. She's worse than the witch doctor. The witch doctor's a murderer. Yeah, but like He's really cute. I like his illustrations, so I like him a little bit. He did do it for love, so suppose. He did. Still not right, though. No, it's not. Not condoning his actions. No. You don't treat people the way she does. No. Don't be a garbage person. Son's mom's a garbage person. She is. I really loved that this one was a lot about Son. Because, as we learned from the last episode, I'm pretty sure Sun was my favorite character, although I can't remember, and I did not go back to double-check. But, um, I love Sun. I've dressed up as Sun, so I was glad that she was a lot of the focus of this book. But it made me so sad that she was just, she was sitting there most of the time under a scribble of self-loathing. Yeah. But yeah. what a good way to illustrate that, right? It was absolutely brilliant. Just, and it's it's so visually accurate. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's difficult to convey in like a audio format what something visually, how much it stood out. But it really did. It it, it conveyed yeah. anxiety over it, the stress over it, the hit self-loathing the fact that she can't look at herself and she doesn't want to look at herself she doesn't want to acknowledge her face so it's just just scribbled out and she struggles so much with when with her face when she has the two eyes like the quote-unquote regular face yeah She, she struggles with that as well and she hides it straight away in the hood i like though that she has the hood on and she has the strings pulled pulled really tight but like you can still see that she's got a regular face under there it reminded me of um is it kenny from south park oh yeah yeah um so yeah just yeah it was so heart-wrenching but it was wonderful to see babs standing up to son's mom yes and showing son 
that she doesn't care if she's got one eye on top of her head or two eyes in the regular place. You know, she's, Babs is just, she's just a genuinely nice person. Yeah. And she just wants to be there for her friend slash friend she wants more from. Yes. But it's very clear that they both want the same thing. Yes. And then they move in together. Sun doesn't know how to, like, make that move. So Babs has to do pretty much all the work in that regard. But then that makes it worse because she's a siren. And so you think, oh, no, she's a siren. She's just doing all this stuff because she's a siren. But no. But no. She checked the internet. She checked Witchy Internet. And Witchy Internet gave her a single one-syllable answer, no. No. Just because she's a siren does not mean she's going to do that. No. And, you know, just because you can't love yourself doesn't mean other people can't love yourself. But it's obviously easier. You know, as RuPaul says, if you can't love yourself, how the heck you can? How is somebody else going to love you? But right. sometimes I think you know people need to be shown that they are lovable. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's lovely. It's and Babs did it the only way she knows how with a great big smooch. Yay! Some watching. Yes, that was precious. Yes. You know what else is precious? Hmm. Death. Oh my god. <laughs> Skipping ahead slightly, Death is 100% my favourite character. Same, same, a thousand times. 14 out of 10, good doggo. Would be scythed by him again, honestly. Just, oh, you got a little wisp. Oh, cute. He was precious. He was precious. Precious I like little, the- good little doggo. I like the the, the 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 way that Alice was like, yes, I've called him in. And then there's a close-up of uh, the witch doctor's face and he goes, death. And you're like, oh, my, oh, oh, oh. And then there's a cute doggo. Oh. And that, that scythe was way too big for him to be carrying around. He wielded it well. He did. But it was giant and he was so small. He doesn't have opposable thumbs. He's, you know, he's not bipedal. He's just a regular old little old doggo. <laughs> and I love how, like, nondescript he was. He was just like a little pointy nose. He's kind of like that, um, he's kind of like Sun's Familiar, which just, like, drawn with angles. Yes. It Edgar? was really cute. Edgar. We didn't see Edgar in this one. No, we did not. But, you know, Sun doesn't really care for him too much. They don't really like each other very much at all. God knows where he is, really, because, you know, it could be one of a million jobs that she's got. He could have been left in fairy. He could be left at home, as long as he comes to the new house, I suppose. Yeah. And not be left in with Sun's mom. No. We can't have that happen. No. No. No, I really enjoyed that. I loved Alice kicking the doors. (laughs) She well, doesn't I'm... just enter a room. She no. kicks the doors in. Every single time. Every single one. That was so funny. I don't... I don't understand where she came to the conclusion that obviously it's the fairy lord who's killing everybody and turning into turning into ghosts. Well, it's not really a fair MO, you know? Yeah. They're into kidnapping. They're yeah, and tricking. babies and babies milk. And, and milk. They're not into murder. No. Nah. Nah, Fox. Nah, Fox. So it was nah, a bit Fox. of a leap in that regard. Yeah, but, you know, he was doing some really nefarious things, and Alice was there to witness most of those, so it's an, it's an obvious jump. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. And I like the fact that she brought Planchette along. Planchette's yes. obviously building up her confidence which is nice and yes. she didn't have any magical mistakes this one this time around which is really really good but she thought she did remember yes. how upset she got when Babs was trying to eat all her food and it just kept getting real gross like, oh, oh it's I all know. my fault I'm so terrible nah not your nah. fault nah jerk fox <sighs> <sighs> terrible 
I enjoyed the wedding as well. Yes. I thought that was sweet. It was a nice, I say, easy win for Planchette to, you know, set a ghost to peace. Um, and it was nice to see Dottie and Lottie still there. And the way yes. that they were flower curls, where they were just like bombing yes. the flowers. The yes, aisle. that's another one of my favorite panels. They're in the background just angrily throwing flower petals. <laughs> so good. And Pinion the- is like, uh, and just, oh, they're doing so good. They're doing such a good job. I think that's probably one of my favorite things about this book is like the little things that are happening in the background that are just completely ridiculous. Yes, that's it. You've got you've got to study them. Even in the end, um, you know, we do have a bit of a flashback to Planchette and Pinion who were mentioning that Babs and Son are moving in, but it's it's only like two or three panels, so it's so mm-hmm. minor that read the book, see them. But you see the um, very spooky, the very haunted skull-shaped house. And if you look closer enough and like zoom in a bit if you're on an e-book, you can see Dottie and Lottie in there and you can see another ghost and the witch doctor inside. Yeah. If you zoom in. And it's just little details like that really are cute. And the same with the um, when the first Babs and, and Son first go to Fairy and... You see the fear with a basket full of babies. Yes. <laughs> it's those little little things in the panels that you're like, ah, ah, the fun Pretty details. Sure that's a basket of babies. She has a basket of babies. What could she be doing with a basket full of babies? Or when you see the background of uh, when Alice and Planchette are confronting the, the the fairy king, and he opens the door, and all the humans that he's kidnapped are in there having a party, <laughs> and you can see the party going on. It looks like a brilliant time, actually. It really does. But really I still does. don't want to be kidnapped by the fairy or fed or tricked with food, etc. No, no. But and mm-hmm. it, it looks like that's not such a terrible thing, except for the fact that you're kidnapped. Yeah. He's not murdering anyone. He's treating them well. Lots of cake. Yeah. I wonder if there's grilled cheese as well. Probably. Don't I, I mean, mean he magicked up oh, He, he magicked up one for her, so I'm so sure that she could eat it. I know. <sighs> I love that it's grilled cheese. There's a whole lot of like grilled cheese in the books that we enjoy. <laughs> I got your grilled cheese. And I'm looking right. forward to when we do the princess and the grilled cheese sandwich next year. Yes. <laughs> yes, me too. God, you so much grilled cheese. I want some grilled cheese now. I know, me too. There was about a year where every time we finished recording, all I wanted was to have grilled cheese. Yes. And I you know, had to resist because at two o'clock in the morning... It's not a good time to have grilled cheese. No, well, you know, right now we're not recording that late, so you still have ample opportunity to eat a grilled cheese. I may. I haven't opened my advent calendar today, and I have a cheese advent calendar. Yes, you do. I am so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything else we need to talk about? I wasn't really surprised by anything. I think just because I love the preciousness of it and I just just take everything in stride. Were you surprised by anything? Not particularly. Um, I often want to say I was surprised that Babs said I do at the wedding. The only people who should ever say I do at a wedding are the brides or grooms that are involved. Yeah. Um, but wasn't really surprised because it was an obvious trick. I'm sure we were sus about the witch doctor in volume one, so the fact that yes. he was the murderer wasn't a surprise. Right. We definitely called Babs and Son in the first volume as well, yes. so that again wasn't a surprise. If I, if I have to be pushed for a surprise, possibly by how little Pinion was actually in this book, we had, like... The first instance when she's coming out of the house, her house, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she just falls. And luckily, Ari, her familiar, is the one carrying the basket of eggs just in case. Yes. And then we see her being held up by the birds when they go to the deep forest. And then she's just kind of in the background helping Planchette with the, the ghost bride's wedding. There's very little focus on her. 
Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering if maybe volume one we had quite equal measures between the fo- all four of them. Mm-hmm. This one was very sun, very Babs heavy. Um, I'm wondering if the next one we're going to find out a little bit more about Pinion and potentially, you know, is she going to come into our magic a bit more, which would be lovely to see. I hope so. I hope so. Um, but then, like, what else would happen? What would be the terrible thing that happens in that one? I I don't know. Because something terrible has to happen. New characters can be introduced... Sun's mom's the absolute worst, so she could yeah. possibly come back to terrorize people. Yeah. But I have a feeling. I have a feeling we're going to potentially meet Pinion's family. They're mentioned, but we've never seen them. Yeah. So potential. There's a, there's a potential there that if the story is more Pinion focused, we're going to have her family. Yeah. And that you know difficult relationship that she has with them because she's not as magically adept as they are yeah so there's a whole world of possibilities we've met so few of the characters so few of the players i hope alice is in a bit more as well but now that she solved lucy's murder i i don't know she might be ready to finally let death call in all the deaths well then, she would be. She would be with Lucy again then. She would be, which would be nice. But that would also be sad. Can she also show up as a ghost just for funsies? Not that she yes. has any unfinished business, but just pops in for a visit. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah, okay, I like that. That was very long-winded of me to say. There's not really any surprises, but I'm trying to like <laughs> you know formulate some guesses for the future volumes. Sure, which I'm very yes. much looking forward to. Yes, same. But these are web comics too, right? So, yeah. Um, I, I don't. I don't. I don't want to do it though. No, I. I, I think the only web comic I like, I purchase the physical copy of is, um, but also read the web comic version of it is Laura Olympus, yeah. and that's because the web comic is so far ahead of the publication that I can enjoy both at the same time. Yeah. Um, I possibly could with you. There's like Heartstopper and uh, Unfamiliar and um, what's all we just covered recently? It's gone completely out of my head. Possibly. Um, oh, We've done WizKit? We've done Whizkit. October Faction? I don't think WizKit is. Mish, no, and the, Mish the Bad Demon? Maybe. Oh, yeah. We follow that author on Instagram and She's always putting out putting out new stuff and like making announcements. Hey, check this out! Oh, come and see. So, yep, yeah, I think that's probably the one you're thinking of. I think it might be another one. We've we've done so many really nice comics, but I don't necessarily need to read them on the web. Which that's just me, you know. I like reading the publications. Same. Same. Even though most of the time when I read them, it's through the library app, so I'm still reading it on my phone. I don't know. But you kind of get that sense of completion because you've got the whole story all at once rather than being fed episodically. Um, Which, you know, with the epicness of Lore Olympus, I'm fine with. But with other ones, I don't mind it being dialed back. Yeah. And as long as the, the, in my opinion, as long as the authors slash illustrators get um the the recommendation or the um the credit for it if it's you know a purchase or the webcomic um mm-hmm. subscription mm-hmm. or the library loan i'm fine with that yeah shall we move on to would you rather yes. pew, 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 pew 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 we asked on social media, would you rather communicate with a spirit using a Ouija board or your friend being possessed by them? <laughs> we had loads of like votes, but not very many comments. And I, I believe it's because the two things that people don't like. A lot of people are opposed to we- a, a Ouija boards mm-hmm. and not many people are going to want to admit that they want the friends being possessed. Yeah. 
So <laughs> there's not that many comments, but we we did have some some votes. And on Facebook, the Ouija board won by seventy one percent. On Instagram, the Ouija board won by fifty seven percent. That's close. And on TikTok, the Ouija board won by sixty seven percent. Brie on Facebook said, I wouldn't want to put my friend on the spot by asking them to surrender control of their body to a strange ghost. Direct communication is worth the wait. Smiley. Fiona on Facebook said, Had a possessed friend once. Just a bit creepy. And you can't escape quickly. Whereas a Ouija board, you just take off the glass. (laughs) Does that really stop it, though? It depends on people's belief with the Ouija board. That's true. Drew on Facebook said, 100% Ouija board. Worst case, I can just throw it outside. Lol. Does that really work, though? Again, I think it depends on your belief of the Ouija board. Finally, Colin on Facebook said, Possessed friend, Ouija boards are too open to outside manipulation. I trust my friends not to play silly bastards and pretend to be possessed if they're not. Also, objectively, it would be fucking hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever done a Ouija board? No! I have. I did one a couple of weeks ago when I went on that ghost hunt. And honestly, mm, like there was me and my friends, two friends, and then there was two other people, and it was a huge Ouija board, like the size of a tabletop. Mm-hmm. And we had our fingers on the glass, and you start with your finger down, but then you turn it so you, it's only your nail touching. And... Um, they turned all the lights off because apparently the ghost only liked it in the pitch dark. Sure. And it was moving around, you know, doing the, the whole thing. But then they got a torch out so we could at least see the number, like what it was spelling out. And magically, the, 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 the glass came over to the side of the table, the, the Ouija board where me and my, friend, and my two friends were. And the other two couldn't reach it anymore. And it completely stopped. I wonder why. You should have made it spell out offensive things after that. Well, I, I, I was barely touching it. Like, literally the lightest of light touch yeah. with my fingernail. Um, and, you know, that would have meant standing up to be able to reach. Because I couldn't and spell, And then it would have like, been... It, it would have been really obvious then. It would have been really, really obvious. Um, but <laughs> order me a pizza with yeah. pineapple, you know? Yeah. So, and I, but I do know people who won't even say the words Ouija board because they think oh no it's going to invoke ghosts and it's a it's a it's a trope horror movies love yeah. like it's an opening but isn't it like Mattel or something that own the rights to it it is something like that yeah like it hoy and I know the history of it I've like listened to podcasts I've read, read books about the history of the Ouija board and I know about the history of spiritualism and why they were invoked and how much it's freaking fake. Yes. So there's no mysticism in a Ouija board for me. But then, what was that movie I watched a few weeks ago? The Talk to Me? Yeah. Where they get possessed by the ghost? Yeah. That was creepy as. Yeah. So... I love that. I feel like it's creepier. That's the answer that I choose. I choose, sorry, Claire, you're going to have to be possessed. Well, likewise, Amanda... Cool. And again, okay. you know, mirroring what Colin says, objectively, it's going to be fucking hilarious. Yeah. As long as you stop it before talk to me, wise, I have to, like, lick the inside of a dog's mouth. That was gross. That was actually the grossest part of the entire it movie. It was awful. Don't don't smooch a, a doggo, especially uh-uh. if that doggo's deaf. Yeah, no, don't do that. Ugh. Ugh. Dogs lick their own testicles. Dogs lick their own buttholes. And other buttholes. Yes. It's just just disgusting. Don't do it. Don't. Next question. Yeah. (laughs) Would you rather be cursed with an eyeball on your head or all your food to go rotten? Eyeball Eyeball on on my my head. head. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a nice look. You looked really good. You really worked it. Yeah, I, I liked it. And I mean, maybe I could see better if I had one giant eyeball on top of my head. That would be my only worry is, do I have tunnel vision? 
you know? Yeah. And I'd be worried about, I mean, I'm not a tall person, so, you know, adding that extra few inches on the top wouldn't be too much. Yeah. But, you know, walking through doorways and stuff, I don't want to scrape my eyeball across things. Yeah. Can we just get, like, a little tiny hat to put on top of your eyeball? I mean, if you could, yeah. What kind of tiny hat would you make your eyeball wear? Which hat? Pointy witch's hat, yeah. Yeah. I feel like it would just have to be seasonal. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, at the moment, I could, you know, the... I like the really ridiculously pointed, like, Santa hats that you can get. So that would be fun, on top of the head of the eyeball. Yes, Uh uh-huh. Potentially you'd have to use a hard hat. You might. Or, you know, have a big floppy sun hat. Yes. In in the summertime. I also like the way the sun just puts a a hood up. Yeah. And just walks around moodily. I can dig that. Yeah. I definitely don't want my food to go rotten. No, I need my grilled cheese. Yeah. Anywho, would you rather be tricked by the fairy king or by the witch doctor? The nasty, nasty tricksters. The fairy king, I think. I feel like, I mean, we saw the party that everyone was having in the background, like, that's probably nicer than, you know, being murdered by the witch doctor. Yeah, same. I'd rather be tricked and end up at the fair court party, racking up the cake bill and the cheese bill. Yeah. Would you rather fly by broom or be carried by birds? Fly by broom? Why is this even a question? I'm not going to be carried by birds. (laughs) Fuck them. Fuck those shits. Most of the birds that I like can't fly, so no. No, no, no. It's fly by broom every time. What kind of broom would you fly on? I don't care. It's not a bird. <laughs> I I think that I would like to be carried by birds, but I would like for them to be like menacing, you know, like a like a crow or a raven or something. Like something terrifying. Can you see? Is that oh, not too on the nose? I mean, so what? So what? let me be terrifying yeah are you gonna have like a long crow cape to go with it probably probably i feel like we're falling back into the um mystery men bad guys that we created (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's also fine though it's good i actually went even farther back in time than that and thought of the king of crows Yes, I was thinking that as well, mashing it together. Yeah. So when I open up the cloak, you know, like, there's nothing in there and, you know, souls and madness and all of that craziness. And he had scary teeth and I was okay with that. And he also wore a hat. (sighs) The hat's the selling point. Yeah. I just need to know what kind of broom you're going to fly on. Um, I think like a push broom normally, but then you know I might have my uh, traditional witch's broom yeah. for special occasions, and, yeah. you know, seasonal. Yeah. Actually, you know what? No, I'm gonna say a traditional witch's broom. But I saw a reel on Instagram around about Halloween time where there's this place in Salem I desperately want to go to, and you go and make the brooms. And have all these like accessories and different types of woods and strings yes. and yes. dried flowers and all this beautiful stuff. And it, I wish I could remember what it was called because I gave them a shout out. I can't. I'm sorry. And and it it was absolutely fantastic. So actually, you know, I'm going to have a traditional witch's broom, but I'm going to have like varieties of them. Sure. Yeah. Seasonal varieties. Yeah. I think that's great. Can I also have seasonal birds? Yes. If the seasonal okay. birds like crows, where they have like a little Santa hat at Christmas. Oh, okay. You know, a yeah. little scarf. So it's and... not. <laughs> so it's not just a different bird based on the season. It's I my mean, you crows. Could. It's my crows wearing tiny accessories, which is infinitely better. I mean, you could if you want like robins during Christmas and crows during Halloween and I don't know 
flamingos in the summer. I don't flamingos know. for summer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's scary. Storks for the spring. Only if they're delivering fresh babies that I can then after take. they've been kidnapped. Yeah. Delivering freshly kidnapped babies. Yeah, that I can then take to ferry and swap yes. out for something better. Yes. <laughs> Sounds like a great. Plan. Or it's either that or the crows get to accessorize. I do like. I do like a tiny accessory from a friend's. So that's probably the way we would have to go. <laughs> I I can see it and I adore it. Yeah. What's our last question? I don't know if it matters anymore. I don't would think you, it does. Would you rather make a deal with the fairy king or death? 100% death. Death is a good dog or... I think it's less tricksy. Yeah. And, I mean, Alice seems to be doing okay with her, like, necromancy that she's doing, right? I mean... Because obviously I she's paying death back. <laughs> with a, just a little with necromancy. A finger, lost like, a finger. Yeah. She's lost uh, more than a finger. There's organs and eyeballs. She looked like Red Eye Moody. I can imagine death... And yeah, as his little doggo is just like chewing on stuff like dogs do, and you know, waving things around in his mouth. But it's you know fingers and like an arm. <laughs> Where did you get the femur? I got him from a deal. I made a deal, fair and square. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you know, I think as precious as that would be, feeding death a femur, I think it would probably be easier to make a deal with the fairy king because you can probably figure out a way to trick him and get out of the deal if you needed to. You just have to be smart. Yeah, yeah. I think it probably all comes down to the fact that what is the deal at the end of the day? Yeah. Yeah, and who's going right. to fulfill that best? But I think yeah. also you've got to consider the consequences that if you renege on the the deal, don't fulfill it, what's going to be the consequences? Yeah. It's probably not going to be good either way. No, no, no. Yeah. Fair King's an asshole, though. Death is death. You know what your deal is? Yeah. Fairy King's an asshole. Hmm. I'm still babies st- too. There's going to be too many babies. That's true. There are going to be a I've lot of babies. I've said it once. I've said it a million times with one kid in this world that I, you know, mm. like. And Mm-mm. that's it. I don't want to be around anymore. Mm-mm. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> yeah, that might have just turned my decision over. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, Your face looks like you've been sucking on lemons. <laughs> Too many babies. Let's let's give death a femur. Too many babies spoil the deal. Let's give death a a femur. Yes. Yes. Is that going to be our episode quote this time? It's not a quote from the book. It's a a quote from ourselves. Yeah, I'm quickly writing it down while I can even remember remotely. Speaking of, though, favorite final thought quote? Do you have one? That's not one that we've penned in this episode it's an homage do you know do you know surprisingly i found volume two less quote quote unquote quotable yeah than the first one yeah um there was a lot of where the panels the art the artistry told the stories rather than the words yes um which is not a final thought quote necessarily um or the quotes were potentially too spoilery Anyhow, I want to just give you a couple. Okay. Grab some portobellos and let's move. <laughs> and obviously, obviously, all I can think about is grilled cheese. Claire, quote from the book, please. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> what do you've got? I only have two as well. Ah. Sure do love stealing those babies. 
have violated the laws of nature. Prepare to be punished severely. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, death, I love you. (laughs) Okay. If you liked this, try this. What are you going to suggest? I'm going to suggest something that I want to now read, and it's called My Aunt is a Monster. Uh, it's by Romina Yi. <laughs> and the first line is what sold it to me. Curses! Adventures! And drama! Oh my! Sounds great. <laughs> the cover's really good as well. Sophia might not be able to see the world, but that doesn't mean she can't experience it to the fullest as she finds herself on her very first adventure. This is a contemporary fantasy middle-aged graphic novel and it's about discovering what you are truly capable of. Uh, Sophia thought that being blind meant she would only get to go on adventures through her audiobooks. Hey, there is nothing wrong with that. That is amazing. Exactly. <laughs> this all changes when she goes to live with a distant and mysterious aunt, Lord Whimsy, who takes Sophia on the journey of a lifetime. While the reclusive Lord Whimsy stops an old rival from uncovering the truth behind her disappearance, Sophia experiences parts of the world she only dreamed about. But when an unlikely group of chaotic agents comes after Whimsy, Sophia is forced to confront the adventure head on. For the first time in her life, Sophia is the hero of her own story and must do what she can to save the day and maybe find some friends along the way. I love the sound of yes. being a found family. The whimsy, the fact that she loves her audiobooks, but I also like the representation of a character who's blind. Yeah. Um, and on the front cover, you see Sophia, but you also see the aunt who has like a wolf's face. It's very oh uh, Red Riding Hood, wolf and grandma's clothing, but they're much more gentlemanly, aristocratically dressed. I love it. So it sounds like it could be a lot of fun. Yeah, it does. What do you got? I am going to suggest one that I read in one sitting last night after finding the title and seeing the cover. It's called Pocket Peaches by Dora Wang. It is available on Hoopla, should you have a library card. Peaches and her pals, Mango and Poggy, all live in a cozy town called Pocketon. When a new cat, Taro, moves in, Peaches is on a mission to befriend her. The only thing is, Taro loves all things spooky, and Peaches does not. Can Peaches find a way to become friends despite their differences? And it's amazing. It's tiny and precious. They're like tiny little bunnies and little cats and little doggos. It's super cute, and it's like... 80 pages long. It's so quick and it's just precious. And they make popcorn and they watch scary movies and they have slumber parties and it's adorable. Well, I've just borrowed that and I think that's probably a guarantee it's going to appear on a future episode. It's oh. so cute. Yeah, I need and I'm uh, that that this, I'm going to read that after we finish recording. Yes, yeah, you should. That's adorable. Um I'm 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 stunned in its adorability and I just want to sit and read it. So yeah, can you give me the new Ninja Spotlight while I kind of like start? Yes, yes. <laughs> so I found this one on NetGalley because we haven't received a lot of graphic novels or manga or anything like that in our inbox lately. Mm. So I had to go searching for this one. It's called Nothing Special. Um, that's volume one. The series title is called Through the Elderwoods, and it's by Katie Cook. So this is a graphic novel as well, obviously. In the grand scheme of the worlds at large, Callie thinks she's nothing special. Sure, she's friends with the ghost of a radish, and her dad owns a magical antique shop, but she spent her life in the human world. Her dad won't let her join him on his collection trips in the magical realm for her own protection. So, she's only caught glimpses of that world through the gates of the town where her father's store is. On her 17th birthday, Callie goes home with her friend Declan to find her home in disarray and her dad missing. Signs of a struggle point to the portal 
to the magical realm. And when there are signs, you follow them. Mm-hmm. Now it's up to Callie, Declan, and Radish to band together and bring him home. As they face creatures good and bad and all sorts of adventure, Callie and Declan may just find out that they are both special in their own ways after all. They're friends with a ghost radish, Claire. Yes, I'm I'm already <laughs> on the library looking. Now, it's not out yet. It doesn't come out until next year, so... Well, I can. Can we? We can put a hold we, on it. We can suggest that it be purchased for us yes. to enjoy. Because that sounds absolutely delightful. It's ghost radish. I love the fact. I I love how. Give us a book that's full of blood and gore and murder and terrible, terrible things to happen to everybody. But uh-huh. if it's a graphic novel, damn, we want the adorability factor through the roof. We do. And we want it to be the most ridiculously cute thing ever. Yes. <laughs> Yes, our graphic we, novels must be absolutely precious. We are full of multitudes, Amanda. We are. We really, really are. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. That's it <laughs> for this episode of Fictional Hangover. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. Join us next time as we discuss The Grimmer by and with Naben Ruthnam. Look out for our Would You Rather polls on social media. Don't forget about our book club and monthly challenges on Facebook. Be sure to visit our shop on Redbubble at fictionalhangover.redbubble.com for all your favorite fictional hangover-themed merchandise. And become a patron of ours on Patreon at patreon.com slash fictionalhangover. Until next time, remember, the only cure for a fictional hangover is another book. And a live episode on the 23rd of December. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Hashtag always be blood again. You can find us at fictionalhangover.com. Follow us on Instagram, threads, TikTok, and YouTube at fictionalhangover. And find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fictionalhangover. If you like this episode, check out our others and be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss out. And finally, special thanks to Liz Emerson for our music. You can find her on Facebook and Patreon. Thanks for listening.